Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. I am your host, the Dars. I'm here with, as always, with Scones. Hey, man. Hey. You're putting the in front of your name now? The Dars. The Dars. I think I can... <laughs> Think I can apply third person with to the myself. amount of fans we have. <laughs> I mean, I'm if it's like I'm gonna become a symbol pretty soon, where it's just like Prince, and I'm just gonna be like a symbol of a laughing face emoji and then a poop emoji. That's gonna be you're thinking about the future. Mine's like, gonna be two hands up and a fire emoji. <laughs> if Prince was a modern day artist, that would be what his symbol would have became. Probably that, or just, just like the just like, like a hunt it, hunt it, hunt it, like in a row. Or yeah, or like the the Twitter symbol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hashtag. It would have been a hashtag, probably. Artist uh, formerly known as hashtag. <laughs> well, if he's gonna get his like viral game up, he's got to have something like that. Rest in peace. Oh, taking off a lanyard. Taking off the mid recording. Good stuff. Jingling into the. You want? Mic. You should. Yeah, you should take a phone call while you're at it. Yeah, might as well. While I'm slinging. Dang. What if we had like this really <laughs> passive aggressive? Like, oh yeah, why don't you take a phone call? Oh, yeah, that at? was a really sick, sick uh, topic, bro. <laughs> yeah, hey, that topic was like so good. People are gonna love that topic. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Some of them we probably deserve it, but we don't put those <laughs> ones in. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, oh, oh, we just caught that P's and B's bro. card. What is it called? Uh, pop filter just fell. Pop filter. I, I like P's and B's card. P's and B's card is a way better. Are you tired of P's and B's getting in your A's? <laughs> your audio? <laughs> Listen, you tired of pops and B's getting in? You gonna pop some B's in your A? Then <laughs> <laughs> get a pop filter. So what are we talking about today? Let's get more macabre. About. Okay, let's get. Yeah, hey, people don't come here for this is a very goose and gaffs. They come here for spooky ookies for their Monday dookies. <laughs> Do you think um, anyone listens to this while they're taking a doogie on Mondays? Uh, I think that's the only way you should be allowed to listen to it. We should somehow figure out a way to pause audio that they listen to for forty-five minutes. They just <laughs> sit there. Their legs. It's asleep. in a car. It'll just cut, and then we'll figure out. <laughs> We're going to get someone writing in. I got blood clots because I was sitting <laughs> on the toilet listening to the full episode. And I'm like, well, that's just the price you pay to get that, that, <laughs> that good tent. macabre tent on a Monday. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's get into today's right. topic. Yes. Today, Darcy will be the macabarista dishing today, out a cold, a hot brew. Hot, of, hot brew of, cold of spooky Joe. Uh, spooky Joe Osman. You keep looking behind me and it's scaring me. Yeah, I look through you because you're not real and everyone's a ghost. Uh, spooky Joe Osman. Um, so I'm going to give a warning up top that this is a pretty, pretty uh, dark topic today. It's a pretty gruesome it's okay. We started this very dark. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, we started in a real dark place, and we're only going to go farther dark, farther down the dark hole. Farther. <laughs> uh, we got our P's whoo. and B's out of our A's because of these P's and B's cards. So we're going farther down the dark hole. <laughs> farther down the dark hole. Um, oh boy. Okay. Today we're going to talk about a family murder. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh man, this is a this, this is, is a post happy hour recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, today I'm going to talk about the Hinterkaifeck murders. Have you ever heard of Hinterkaifeck scones? No, I'm actually just learning right now how to spell it. Yeah, it's spelt crazy because it's German. This is the biggest unsolved murder mystery in Germany. Ooh, a little shout out to our friends. Shout who out to, to the Deutsch Deutsch boys. Deutschboys.org backslash and whatever you identify as in the Deutschland. <laughs> um, so Hinterkaifeck 
is actually a, a, a townstead. It's a it's hinter means behind. Ah. Uh, so it's it's twenty mile. I believe it's twenty miles. This is off of memory, but it's it's a small little area behind the town of uh, Kaifek in Germany. Okay, it's okay. Hinter I'm getting Kaifek. like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe here for the setting. Yeah, honestly, it's but not too far from the truth. Okay. Um, Just so less desert. It's approximately 43 miles north of Munich, and it's one of the most gruesome and puzzling crimes in German history. So this happened in the 1920s. The, the, I'm going to start Wild with... Wild time in Germany. <laughs> yeah, this was 1922 when this occurred. And I'm going to start with the events a few days prior to the actual uh, murders because it's very, very creepy. This whole thing is super creepy and macabre. And if you ain't pooping yet, you're going to be pooping now. I'm looking at a picture of the farm. I'm pooping. So, events before the act, strange things began to occur in and around the Hinterkaif- inter- in and around Hinterkaifeck sometime shortly before the attack. Six months before the attack, the family maid quit, claiming she heard strange sounds and that she believed the house to be haunted. So, six months before this all she happens... She just turned out a paycheck. She was... Yeah, she was like, it was yo... That's how you know it's haunted. Yeah, so she was like... She had a bad feeling about the place. She, she felt like... That she was hearing strange sounds, major clue, and was like, "You guys are crazy. There's bad juju here." And she's probably, I mean, she smart move. The father of the family, Andreas Gruber, he found a strange newspaper from Munich on his property in March, and he could not remember buying it. And so they initially believed that the postman had lost the newspaper. However, no one in the vicinity described to the same paper that was found. So a mysterious paper shows up at their house. No one subscribed? Like you, the listener, could subscribe <laughs> oh and God. unsubscribe and subscribe. Wow, what a solid segue plug that plug, everyone's going to love to hear as consumers of, an, of a podcast. Yeah, so they get this strange newspaper uh, just days before the murders. And on top of all these two things, Gruber also told neighbors that he discovered tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to his homestead. Ooh, yeah. The so forest any the forest any time before like <laughs> yeah two thousand ten is scary. <laughs> yeah, if it's not a modern forest, it's even modern forests are creepy. But like yeah, nineteen twenties like, German forests, dude. Yeah, that's like that noise. But yeah, like, you want to be there. I feel like forests in real life, you go into them and they're a little bit creepy, but it's more like kind of relaxing and like you get like it's everything's green. Whereas in like old photos and stuff, it's the scariest place. Yeah. Also, if anyone's seen the movie The Witch, mm. this is free plug. Mm. The woods mm-hmm. is like that's just Puritan. I think culture was like yeah. the woods are equal. Death also, and just in the that devil. movie, the shots of just the woods you're just watching and you're so like so scary. creepy. The <laughs> like, woods in like late fall. I mean, where recording this in arizona but like yeah, if you're in, in like area of the country where there's woods and that you have deciduous trees that lose the northwest the, the northeast anytime it's a cloudy day and you're just looking into the woods like, it's creep you're like where is the movement gonna ooh. be where's like the goat man walking through the woods it's gonna be something you don't see until it moves out of view and then you're like yeah, something just moved yep but then you're like du- you oh, have the double Blair check which games coming out right yeah a new blair witch game. we're giving out so much free plugs and ads yeah this is <laughs> this is just a conspiracy of that it's just giving out plugs this whole podcast is a guerrilla marketing campaign for the blair witch game so let me let me uh summarize the individuals involved in this event uh you've got andreas gruber who is 63 so he's like the head of the farm yeah he's like the uh patriarch of the homestead yeah he's right? the guy with the pitchfork uh Kazilla, who's 72 dope name 
Yeah, it's Kazilla or Kazelia. No, Kazilla's be way better. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. They had a widowed daughter named Victoria. Sad. And then Victoria had two children, one Kazilla, Kazilla Jr. Nice. And Joseph. And then finally there was the maid, Maria Baumgartner, who was 44. What do you call the junior of a, a woman? I don't... Were they just like, uh, women don't deserve to, like, back then when they just decided the junior trend? I don't know. Like, yeah, that's don't a good deserve point. to pass on their names. That's a good point. I never thought about that. But, yeah, you don't have I junior. Like in modern times, women should have either. Juniors. You know what? Let's like, start. This. Or let's a get word the, for let's it. Let's get a trend. Let's get this going. We have to make up our own word for it, though. Two straight white guys should be the ones making <laughs> I mean, up if this anyone <laughs> name. Honestly, we're already breaking podcast ground by being two white guys making a podcast. So that's true. we might as well. Especially continue. about horror things. <laughs> continue the trend. We should do one about movies next. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, back to the spookiness. So we found tracks in the snow that led from the forest to their home. Now, the thing that is most unsettling about these tracks was that they did not lead away from the house again. They were only to the house. I got goosebumps. Yeah. Right there. Super creepy, right? And, like, consistently found them? This was one time. One time. This was like t- oh, so this is a few days prior to this. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. This is a few days prior to big bad event happening. So they find an unmarked newspaper, not unmarked, but newspaper that doesn't belong to them. Made six months prior, heard s- some noises, and she was like, "This is haunted. I'm out of here." And they find fresh snow tracks leading into their house, but none away from their house. Okay, so this is all the setup for like horror movie stuff. So. One of the family's house keys also went missing around this time. So just to so at this point I'd be like, hey guys, we should look around. <laughs> like <laughs> Hey guys, there's a lot of red flags. Now, here's the creepiest. The family also repeatedly observed a man with a mustache standing at the forest edge staring towards the house, apparently observing them. That seems like that's not like a yeah, that's small not, thing. That's, that's not like, like a, hmm. oh, by the way, the murderer is in the first that's shot. That's literally what we just spoke about like two minutes ago. <laughs> like that's oh my yeah. god, he's Isn't just standing so there. Cr- yeah, with his big mustachio, big mustache. He was just like twirling it. He's like, yay! Is he got time to train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's ready to rob the train, their yeah. train house. Um, no, but that's it's super creepy. How? I guess it's 1922, so, like, there might have been just weirdos, like, doing whatever. I mean, it's also, like, rural Germany, so it could have just been, like, a guy chopping wood. And yeah, exactly, right. the look so of the farm. Rural Germany in the 20s could have had anybody just walking through the woods, but, yes, super creepy. Now, during the night, they heard footsteps in the attic, but Andreas Gruber found no one when he searched. So, he tried to find, you know, he heard, he, he compiled all this information and was like, hey, I should look around. But he couldn't find anyone. Did he have a gun? He had him, right? It's in the 20s. Everyone had a gun. Pro- I, you know, I don't know. We might get to that. But I don't... Off the top of my head... I mean, there's no, never a gun used. So if there was one, it was never equipped. Listen. Here in Arizona, I don't get to see if the tropes from movies are right. But if they are, every farmer has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every farmer... It's Hustis and Muriel. And a daughter that he does dog. not like you talking to. Yeah. Did Eustace have a gun in Courage the Cowardly Dog? He must have. He had the cap. That was back when that was I'm pretty sure if you buy that cap, the gun is complimentary. (laughs) That, like, little brown top Yeah, wait. That that might have been back, like, when we were kids when guns were okay and, like, cigarettes to have on cartoons. I'm not sure, but yes. For sure. I'm not sure, but definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, So, so creepy mustache man. Keys missing. Newspaper. Footsteps. Spooky house noises. 
and he searched and found nobody. Although he told several people about this alleged observations, he refused to accept help, and the details went unreported to the police. Mm. So the night of March 31st to the morning of April 1st, 1922. On the morning of March 31st, the new ma- a new okay, so a new maid just starts like two days before this all goes down. Okay, so old maid piece. Old maid piece six months earlier. New maid arrives. Did the old maid piece before the guy with the mustache? Yeah. So she got she out left on, the ground, like six, on the ground floor. She was like, yeah, this she's, train's going yeah, to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no thanks. Yeah, exactly. So then the new maid's like, I don't care. Or the, she well, I don't told. think the new maid was much so much aware of it. Because okay. she like literally was brand new. Like first week yeah. of, of maid-dumb. On the afternoon of March 31st, 1922, the new maid, Maria Baumgartner, arrived at the farm. Maria's sister had escorted her there and left the farm after a short stay. She was most likely the last person to see the inhabitants alive, Miss Maria's sister. A few hours later, the six inhabitants of Hinterkaifeck would be dead. It is impossible to reconstruct the exact events of the evening without some speculation, but some details are clear after investigation. It appears that late in the evening, Victoria Gabriel, her seven-year-old daughter, Kazilla, and her parents, Andreas and Kazilla Gruber, were lured to the family barn through the stable where they were murdered, one at a time. Oh. The perpetrator or perpetrators used a matlock beginning to the family farm and killed the family with blows to the head. So this is like a uh, ice pick type deal, like pick, like an axe. So they're dead. Yeah. So some unknown assailant lured every single person individually so to the barn, the and then this is on. This is the night of March thirty first. Okay. April so, Fool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then the clock struck midnight, and they all got up. They were all fine. <laughs> Uh, it is unclear if the family went to the barn as part of a regular routine or if something out of the ordinary caused them to visit this part of the estate. Later experiments proved, however, that screams from the barn could be not heard in most of the rest of the estate. The perpetrator moved from the barn through the stable into the living quarters, where, with the same murder weapon, he killed the maid Maria Baumgartner in her bedchamber. Presumably, he killed young Joseph Last as the two-year-old boy slept in his bassinet in his mother's bedroom. Rough. There was, like, evidence scene photography at that point, yeah. 1922? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they had photography. They oh just had that big, like, you know. It, obviously, it's not. Yeah, not great. Real dark. Uh, we said we we're going to go dark with this one, so here yeah, we are. Yeah, this is fucking dark. Four days pass between the murders and the discovery of the bodies. On April 1st, coffee sellers Hans and Edward Shirovsky arrived in Hinterkaifeck to place an order. When no one responded to the knocks at the door in the window, they walked across the yard but found no one. They only noticed that the gate to the machine house was open before they decided to leave. Kazilla Gabriel was absent without excuse for the next few days of school, and the family fa- failed to show up for a Sunday warship. On Monday, April 3rd, the postman, Joseph Mayer, was delivering the mail to Hinterkaifeck when he noticed that Saturday's mail was still there where he had left it, and that no one had been in the yard. A similar Albert Hoffner went to Hinterkaifeck on April 4th to repair the engine of the food chopper. He stated that he had not seen any of the family and heard nothing but the sounds of the animals, noting the barking of the dog. After waiting for an hour, he decided to start his repair, which he completed in roughly four and a half hours. After the repair, he noticed that the barn door was open, but could not say for sure whether it had been open when he got there. He peeked into the barn, but did not go inside. So he basically didn't look inside. He goes back to the main village nearby which is Groburn and he said that the repairs were done he also told another guy the mayor of a nearby town that the farm seemed like empty and it was strange 
so the mayor sent his two sons, Johan and Joseph, to Hinterkaifeck to see if they could make contact with the family. The dudes. Yeah. Uh, they said they didn't see anybody, so the mayor himself headed to the farm the same day, at which time they discovered the mostly concealed bodies in the barn and home. Okay, so they find the bodies, and then the investigation begins. Now, Inspector George Reingruber and his colleagues from the Munich Police Department investigated the killings. More than 100 suspects have been questioned throughout the years. 100? 100. More than 100, technically. With the most recent questioning taking place in 1986, none of the questionings ever yield any conclusive results. The day after the discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptiste Amulier performed the autopsies in the barn. It was established that a mattock was the most likely murder weapon, though the weapon itself was not at the scene. Evidence showed that the younger Cecilia had been a lot... Okay, this is... This is I'm going <laughs> to... Real... I, I guess trigger warning, because this is like some of the darkest shit you're ever If doing. you are not cool with... I mean, really obviously dark, up to this part, you're probably... Horrifying like, shit. Please fast forward the podcast to... We're going to sing. It's going to be a musical episode next. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> You're really light um, But I, I'm pretty sure at the top I did say that it's pretty dark, so yeah, hopefully that is, is enough warning. But this, is, this next part's uh, pretty bad. All right, that's enough warning. All right, yeah. get into it. Okay. Evidence showed that the younger Cezilla, who was the seven-year-old, had been alive for several hours after the assault. She had torn her hair out in tufts while lying in the straw next to the bodies of her grandparents and her mother. Many believe that was due to just sheer fear that she just pulled her own hair out because she was so afraid. Holy really, 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 really dark. The police first suspected the motive to be robbery, and they interrogated traveling craftsmen, vagrants, and several inhabitants from the surrounding villages. When a large amount of money was found in the house, they abandoned this theory because they said, hey, if there's, you know, if it was robbery, why didn't they take any of the money? It was clear that the perpetrators had remained at the farm for several days. Someone had fed the cattle, eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen, and recently cut meat from the pantry. Neighbors also reported smoke coming from the chimney all weekend. The perpetrator would have easily found the money if robbery had been the intention, but as it was, the money remained untouched with no clear motive to be gleamed from the crime scene. The police began to formulate a list of suspects. So this dude lived in the house over a weekend after committing the crime. Oh, my God. And that's so creepy. (laughs) That's... This is... Oh, my God. Yeah, this is is like some of the darkest... The good thing about this shit... It's not really good. It's more just self-indulging that it bothers me a lot, so I know I'm not a psychopath. Yeah, I know I'm not a sociopath, that that bothers me upsetting. so Upsetting, yeah. It's very rough. Here is, I'm going to go through a quick list of suspects of people. I won't spend too much time on the suspects. because The man with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's where's mustache guy? So, mustache cash dash. All right. Carl Gabriel is one of the top suspects. The husband of Victoria Gabriel. Uh, Carl Gabriel had reportedly been killed in December 1914 during the First World War. However, his body had never been recovered. After the murders, people began to speculate that if he had indeed died in the war, Victoria Gabriel had given birth to Joseph illegitimately in her husband's absence. Two-year-old Joseph was rumored to be the son of Victoria and her father Andreas, who had an incestuous relationship that was documented in court and known to the village. Some theorized that Carl Gabriel killed the family to seek revenge, although soldiers from his regiment testified to his death and the police were inclined to believe them. This theory gained new nourishment over the years after people reportedly said that they had met Gabriel or could confirm that he had exchanged his identity with that of a fallen comrade. Ooh. So, yeah, Victoria, the mother, had a ex 
husband. So he's like a guy who's supposed to be dead. You've got Andreas the father and Cecilia the mother. They had a, d- a daughter named Victoria who ha- who was a widow because her husband supposedly had died in the First World War. But some theories think that Carl, her husband, didn't actually die. And then the son Joseph was actually the son of Victoria and Andreas, the father. And then they had an incestuous relationship. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> everything about this is like dark. Jesus. And that out of reve- out of like rage and anger, he came and basically murdered the whole family. Then the second suspect is Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Shortly oh, after, wait, did you see this shit about Carl Gabriel and the Soviet shit? The oh yeah, I should probably. <laughs> You're right. That scares me. <laughs> All right, let's go back. Put that in. That scares me. Okay, <laughs> that makes me feel fear. Yeah. After the end of the Second World War, war captives from the. Sh- Schrobenshausen region who were released prematurely from Soviet captivity claimed that they had been sent home by a Bavarian-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to be the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. Some of these men... (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Some of these men later revised their statements, however, which diminished their credibility. Many theorized that the Soviet might be Carl Gabriel because those that claimed to have seen the man after his reported death testified that Gabriel had wanted to go to Russia. Whether Carl Gabriel lived through World War I can never be known for certain, and even if it could, there is no proving that he was the killer. Imagine so. being some dude, and you get released from a POW camp, and the guy's like, "All right, you're gonna go home." By the way, I'm a, the, <laughs> yeah, by the I'm way, rude. all these people at this random ass farm, I killed all of them. Now go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's highly suspicious. Very suspicious. That's why he's at the top of the list. So second in the list. That's a good point. I should have included that in my. No, that's okay. I just saw it like the 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 admitting that he was the murderer. Yeah. <laughs> That <laughs> just popped out at me. All right, um, so who we who got next? So next top suspect is Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Schlittenbauer is the neighbor of the Hinter, like Kaifek people. And after the death of his first wife in 1918, Lorenz Schlittenbauer is believed to have a relationship with Victoria Gabriel and Father Joseph. The initials LS Ooh. appear on Joseph's birth certificate, though those could be the initials of an attending doctor. Uh, the main reason that he was a top suspect was because during the early investigation, he did some suspicious things. What did he do? Um, when he, when him and his friends came to investigate, they had to break a gate to enter the barn because all of the doors were locked. However, immediately after finding the four bodies in the barn, in the barn, Schlittenbauer apparently unlocked the front door with a key and entered the house alone. A key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders, though it is possible that Schlittenbauer, as a neighbor or as Victoria's potential lover, might have been given a key when asked by his companions why he had gone into the house alone when it was unclear if the murderer might still be there. Schlittenbauer allegedly stated that he went to look for his son, Joseph. So, basically, it's he known that... guilty. He, it's very suspicious Both activity. Both of sound guilty so far. And it's known that he had disturbed the bodies at the scene, like, what he, they, when they had initially started the investigation... So, for many years after, local suspicion remained on Schlittenbauer because of the strange comments, which were seen as indicating knowledge and details that only the killer would know. All right, yeah, fuck this guy. According to reports in the files for the case, local teacher Hans Yablager. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> it's definitely not how it's pronounced, but I don't know. Good old Hans Yablager. It's, it's literally Blagger, B-L-A-G-G-E-R with a Y at the front. Yablager. 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 Discovered Schlittenbauer's visiting the remains of the demolished Hinterkaifeck in 1925. Upon being asked why he was there, Schlittenbauer stated that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground. This was seen as evidence that Schlittenbauer had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders. 
Although being a neighbor and familiar with the local land, he may have been making an educated guess. Again, yeah, I wouldn't incriminate him based on that. Some it's definitely suspicious. The though. the stuff where you just knowledge of details only the killer would know, and then also the going yeah. in first without anybody to like, I don't know, clean up his ID or a jacket he left or gloves or something. Right, some kind of evidence makes is fishy. Yeah, so I could go on because there's like like I said over like a hundred potential suspects in this case, but that's just two of the big ones. The funerals were held without their skulls. They were buried in the cemetery uh, Weidhofen, and a memorial stone was erected at the grave. The skulls of the dead were last kept in a justice building in Augsburg and were likely destroyed in a bomb attack during the Second World War. Uh, That was another big problem with this, was that, like, any... Like, as technology and crime scene investigation got better, they couldn't go back and, like, do any more, you know, investigation because of the Second World War basically destroyed any evidence that there was of what happened. Fucking Nazis. (laughs) Exactly. There's a lot of different So the investigation was just a huge failure? The investigation was a huge failure. They never found any um, convict... Like, they never got anyone for the murders... Basically, Lorenz is a. A lot of people on Reddit also believe that Lorenz probably did it. So stating he's numero uno. In he's, the, he in seems the to be numero uno from like the research I've done. Is that this dude was the dude? Listeners, write into who you think did it. Yeah, there's literally like a hundred suspects. It looks like. Yeah, tell us what you think. Tell us. Give us. Uh, give us a. Uh, uh, some thoughts on this. I I want to revisit the Mustachio Man. Because did yeah. Lorenz have a mustache? That's a good question. Um, one of the top unresolved mysteries posts are, are there any actual theories on what happened at Hinder Kaifak? Top one being Schlittenbauer was the neighbor who was also paying child support for one of the children who the town thought may have been born of incest. He's on record as making odd comments at the crime scene, and his wife said he was working in his barn all that weekend. That's extra creepy. Wait, who is this? This is Schlittenbauer, Lorenz. Oh, so he, they think he was there the whole weekend well, where the he, killer no, lived all weekend? No, <laughs> he, his wife said that he was out working in his barn all weekend when this took place. Like didn't come in in the night? <laughs> exactly. This means he had easy access and his motive was that he was paying child support for a kid who might not be his. <laughs> <laughs> and the opportunity was that he was the neighbor. So that is Hinterkaifeck. Um, a crazy mystery. There's a lot more you can read into this. There's a yeah, lot of stuff on it. This like is very much like a, this can go real deep, but to keep it within like a reasonable amount of time, I'm just going to hit yeah. the main points. You definitely plunged us into the dark hole. Yeah, we went deep into the dark hole. I don't know if we went, well, there's always, it's a dark hole. You I can mean, keep dark going hole. deeper. You can keep listener. going as, as long as you want, but. Uh, I'm kind of creeped out now. I don't like where we are. I'm worried I'm going to get ice picked. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's a dark one. Let us know if you, if you, if it was too dark, if you like the darkness, it's macabre. That's why you're here. If you embrace the darkness or if you like our weird <laughs> Jack Parsons episode, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, let us know. And also submit your, uh, if you got ideas for episodes, let us know. I'd yeah, love to hear comment. them. Send them, send, them, send them our way. We'll give you a shout out too. If you're like the first person we see or like the first person to bring it up, we'll give you a shout yeah, out. Yeah, we'll give you a shout out. Hit us up on our socials. Uh on Twitter at MMMacabrePod, on Instagram and Facebook at Monday Morning Macabre, and check, out, check us out at our website, mondaymorningmacabre.com. I'll have all sorts of, we got all sorts of notes and pictures. There's definitely and, pictures of this one. Yeah. Again, not for the faint of heart. I don't know. I'm going to see if I, if there's a way I can, like. <laughs> Put up a guard. Yeah. <laughs> if you click this, it's, be prepared. It's pretty rough, but let us know. Do you think, like, if we did a shout, shout out, it would be just like, 
Thank you, Soccer Dude Twenty Four, yeah. for bringing Thanks, us Dancing the Girl Eighty Eight for some murders <laughs> you've ever fucking heard of. <laughs> Probably, but please rate and subscribe and uh, do all that good stuff. We really appreciate it, uh, and we're just trying to bring some macabre to your Monday. Yeah, make sure you really, really get you down and dark. Yeah, get all Monday drive to work <laughs> to get your week started. All right, have a good Monday. Yeah. Boy. <laughs>